if you think about it, content creation is not just about content creation. Content marketing is not just content marketing. It is now a business strategy of its own. And you're going to learn more about what you might be missing if you don't take content marketing to be a business strategy in this next episode of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Welcome to the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help marketers, entrepreneurs, and business owners grow their businesses using innovative marketing techniques, leveraging the concept of digital influence throughout digital and social media. Hey everybody, this is Neil Schaefer, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 186 of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Today, we're going to take a refreshing view of content marketing and really the role of content in our business. Today, I have a very, very special guest, Mariah McInnes, who is calling in from down under, and you'll notice that from her accent. I was honored to be a guest on Mariah's own podcast very recently and was really impressed with this refreshing take that she had on content. So I know that you're going to learn a lot from this interview. We talked about a lot of things. Um, Mariah is a big proponent of certain ways of looking at your content so that you never run out of content ideas, how to become more consistent with content creation without it consuming your time, and really how to get more engagement with your content online. So it's really a great place to start whether you are rethinking your content marketing strategy or you're just getting started. I think you're going to learn a lot from this episode with Mariah. So without any further ado, let's move on to today's interview. All right, Mariah McInnes, welcome to the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm honored to have you as well. Mariah is tuning in from Melbourne, Australia, and I know Mariah This is a a great example of the fact that digital influence is everywhere. I know Mariah, first and foremost, from her podcast, right? She has a website and a blog, very active on Instagram. We did an Instagram live together, but I was interviewed on Mariah's Life as a Freelance Writer podcast, and she, and I'm going to let Mariah introduce herself in her own words, but she is really, you can imagine that title being a freelance writer, her, her content creation superpower is the written word. And she helps, as a content creator, she helps other influencers, marketers, and entrepreneurs with their content marketing. That's what we're going to talk about today. So Mariah, that was my introduction. Did I miss anything? Anything else you wanted to add? Go for it. Yeah, no, thank you so much. So yeah, I own um, a business called Content Queen, and I really do help you know those entrepreneurs and content creators really, I guess utilize content marketing as a strategy in their business to attract the aligned audience that they want and of course you know make money for their business so on the other side of content queen apart from creating content for people i also do coaching and and group programs to really sort of educate people so that if they don't have the resources to outsource or they really just love creating content but want to get more traction on it, then of course, you know, group programs, coaching is definitely something that I offer. I do love educating. So that's why I really fell naturally into that coaching space as well. But yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell as a content marketing agency and coach. I just really love 
chatting all things content. So I'm excited to be on the podcast to chat about it. Awesome. Now, for those of you that have seen me present or hear me talk about this, when I talk about digital marketing with the digital first consumer, digital first buyer, six major elements, you have your website, your SEO, your email marketing, your content marketing, your social, and your, your influencer marketing. So I see content marketing as being one of those six pillars that is essential to marketing strategy. Mariah takes it one step further and says it's more than a marketing strategy. It's really an entire business strategy. So we're going to get into that. And she's going to teach us a lot about the subject today. We're going to get a refreshing perspective. Before we do that, Mariah, how did you get involved in, in what you do now? Yeah. So when I, to go back, when I started at uni, I loved writing and did journalism as a degree in public relations and naturally fell into PR because journalism is very tough and, you know, quite a a heavy industry. So I fell into in-house PR and did a lot of writing, like a lot, a lot of internal communications for a corporate company and then fell naturally into social media marketing as part of that team. We had quite a big following um, on Facebook. And so I, I really loved learning about why people resonate with what you create. And I obviously love writing. So I fell into freelancing just to earn a little bit of money so I could travel because <laughs> I do love traveling and, you know, use FIFA and stuff to create press releases for businesses because I did have that media background. And then I remember really wanting to start a side hustle because I wanted to travel and work and be a digital nomad. And a guy at work said, well, why don't you write for people? So I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I, I you know, created the, the Instagram and started to name Content Queen and naturally just fell into more content creation rather than just obviously writing is my, my strong point, but just fell naturally into helping businesses not just by writing content but really see it as a strategy to work for their business as, you know, a really key driver to one of those pillars you mentioned, was, which is the website, our main objective from our content, especially as business, is to get people to our website so that we can, you know, convert. So I really saw content marketing as a massive opportunity for entrepreneurs. Although, yes, there is a lot of content out there, but with a really refined strategy and really clear direction on who your audience is, there is a big piece of the pie for us to all take, which I know you mentioned on my podcast. So I think it's just, you know, having that that consistency and that confidence that what you are creating is of relevance and is important to your target audience. So I just started to fall, you know, deeper and deeper into content marketing and now thought, well, I can also teach people that can't maybe afford to hire me and Mm -hmm. also I can't write for everyone. So that's sort of how I'm progressed in my business. And I think, so when I look at content marketers, those that do the best are those that actually have that journalism slash PR background because they understand the need for storytelling, for quality. There are others in content marketing who who come at it from a marketing perspective. And I think they may miss those really, really critical points, right? Especially in a day and age where we're inundated, inundated with content. I think of, uh, and it's funny because I've yet to read the book and I plan to. Are you familiar with um, the Content Fuel Framework with by uh, Melanie Desiel? No, but I need to read okay. that too. <laughs> yeah, so she is a former journalist from uh, Time Magazine, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And she was supposed to be she was supposed to speak at an event I did several years ago called the Social Tools Summit. Anyway, fast forward, she she and I know about her book because 
at Social Media Marketing World this year in San Diego before the lockdown. There were a lot of people that were that had her book, and there were a lot of people that had my book, The Age of Influence. We both like came out with books at the same time, and so that's how I, I I know her. And I've never met her, but I just heard her on another podcast this morning talking about content. But it, once again, in a refreshing perspective, really with that journalism background. So I think that's awesome. So and your story makes sense. The, the side hustle, which turned into your own business, and I think that's really the dream, maybe for a lot of people listening to this. So. Hopefully that will give, that will encourage people that want to follow your footsteps and maybe you'll have people reaching out to you saying, Hey, how did, you know, what did you do to get, to get there? But let's move into, you know, some actionable takeaways that you can teach the listener in the limited amount of time we have together. (laughs) But you mentioned that, I mean, it starts obviously with, with a content strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just run out of ideas. Like, well, what am I going to talk about? And I often get asked this as well. Well, what should I blog about? What should I podcast about? Right. Mm -hmm. So you believe that if you implement a content strategy with four different pillars, you can create a strategy in a way in which you'll never run out of ideas. So can you go in a little bit more detail as to what that looks like? Absolutely. So I, I had the same thing when I started my business. Obviously, I was trying to target businesses that I could write for. So I had to create content and I would get to 5 p.m. every day and think I've had a busy day at work. Now I have to post to my socials because I'm told I have to be consistent. What do I say? I don't know. Like I have no idea. So I would find a photo from me traveling in Vietnam. I would post a quote and I'd put it up and it would get no traction and I would never have any sales through social media. Not one. I got all my clients through Firefly and It wasn't until I got back from Europe and I was creating lots of amazing content in Europe and everyone liked those photos. I got back and I was like, what am I going to create? I can't post Europe photos for the rest of my life. So I thought, okay, I need to have a proper strategy. So then I thought about, okay, well, when I'm posting content, I need to make sure that I promote my business because if I don't, people aren't going to know what I do. I need to educate because we know how powerful education is. I need to engage so people, we have a two-way communication. That's my PR background coming out in me. I need to have this communication with my audience so they can connect with me on a deeper level and think, okay, I want to work with her or I want to, you know, I aspire to be her or whatever that looks like. And then I want to show the fun side of who I am or my business, you know, what I do for fun, what I do to, you know, blow off steam from my business, what behind the scenes of my business looks like, what it would look like to work with me. So I created these and, and it all goes hand in hand in my strategy that I sort of create, but I created these four pillars. So to inform is to promote, to educate is to, of course, educate, to engage is to have that two-way communication and really bring your audience into your content through questions, through storytelling, whatever that looks like. And then fun is, of course, whatever that looks like for you. Fun could, you know, it's the fun pillar. It could, you can do whatever you really want with it. You know, it, that's when you bring in, say, for example, you love cats, you might bring cats into your type of content everyone and this is what makes you stand out from the rest or makes you resonate with your target audience because they have that level of understanding and connection with you so when I laid out all of these pillars and and I mix them together I might educate and then have an informative you know here I've got this group program coming up you know click the link in my bio so I can mix them together So once I laid those all out, say, for example, for seven days, five days, whatever consistency looks like for you, some people just do the Monday to Friday. I post every day because I just have all these ideas running in my head. 
Uh, then I laid them all out into some form of calendar, some form of structure just to keep myself accountable. Because if I don't have the plan, I, if I can't visually see it, then I can't implement it. And that was massive for me. I was using Google Sheets. I was using all the things and it just wasn't working for me. I wasn't staying consistent with the content I planned. So I just used a good old-fashioned Google Calendar and I still have it to this day and I love nice. it so much. It sends me a reminder when I have to post, I write the caption in the meeting, done. So once you've laid those all out, you sort of know, okay, these are the days I'm promoting. These are the days I'm educating. Then you want to go, what what am I going to create? What content am I going to create on top of that? And this is where I sort of come up with this concept. I'm like, I don't want to think of an idea every day. I don't have time yeah. for that. No one has time for that. So what I did is I implemented a theme for each week. So that would be, for example, when you came on the podcast, we talked about influencer marketing. So for the whole week, I talked about influencer marketing. There was maybe one or two days where I talked about something else, but I really took my audience on the journey of and made them see influencer marketing in a different way. I shared with them through storytelling what I used to think influencer marketing is and now what I know because of Neil. You know, I, I shared some images from traveling of when I had my blog and I wanted to be some form of influencer. So just sort of taking people so that they can relate to what I'm saying, but then also be inspired to take action or inspired because they're educated in that topic. So really when you break it down, you only have to think of 52 topics for a whole year as opposed to 365 if you're going to post something different every single day. So once I implemented this with my pillars, it became really easy to create content. And then on top of that, it's really important to listen to what your audience is telling you. Everything that they say is content. And I think we get so caught up in everything we're doing in our business that we stop to listen to the pain points and create content on the back of that. And then naturally content is your life is content. Everything around you is content and can be related to your business. What you, you just have to open yourself up to that. And that takes time. That doesn't happen overnight. So I just implement things like voice recording when I think of an idea or, you know, setting myself a reminder. I had a reminder during isolation because I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to think of content ideas in isolation? This is going to be really hard. Set myself, challenge us all. Yeah. yeah. Set myself a reminder every single day. Think of something to create. And I would go back through DMs of, you know, people I was talking to, emails and like, oh my gosh, that person asked me a question. I can create content on that, you know, and utilizing your audience that you already have to do that market research and to ask them. So once you've got those four pillars, you know, laid out, you know, exactly every day, what I guess concept of content you're going to talk about, whether you're going to promote what you're offering, whether you're going to do a purely educational post, if you're going to share a story, like every Thursday, I share a story about my theme and depending on what that theme is. And then more times, like most of the week I share stories, like last night, I had a really nice quote that I found and it really resonated with me. So I said why and I opened myself up to exploring what that meant for me. And that's obviously a journal thing, storytelling, but sharing is selling. I have a really amazing client that talks about conscious selling and she believes that if you're sharing, you're selling, especially if you're a personal brand and influencer, you're sharing your story and people want in on that story and want in on that journey. So continue to share because even if you're not directly saying here, buy this, you know, do this, do that, you're actually building up these fans rather than just followers. And I think that's a really important thing to think about when, especially with this vanity metrics of 
lots and lots of followers, but, you know, yeah. we talked about nano and micro-influencing and it's so powerful if you have a really aligned audience, you know, there's so much that you can actually do with that. And you think, like, if you have a 1,000 followers, that's think about a 1,000 people in a room if they're all listening to what you have to say. It's, it's really powerful. No, I agree 100%. And a lot of what you talked about is I hear bits and pieces of a lot of things that I've heard as well as that I teach as well. So I want to further... I want to further break down these four pillars and, and just give you my read. So you have, I guess that weekly content is what uh, some marketers call big rock content. So in your case, it's a podcast, which you might mm-hmm. repurpose into a blog post. For others, it might be a blog post. For others, it might be a YouTube video, right? So, and normally we do this on a weekly basis. And then during the week, then you're obviously using those four pillars. You're repurposing that, using that as a perspective to, to go through that. But you also mentioned something really interesting, which is that those four pillars also determine those 52 pieces of big rock content. Mm -hmm. And that to me was the interesting one because I would normally, for my own business with my clients, we focus on content topics. Mm -hmm. And what you were talking about, the four pillars, that to me, we'd focus more on what the social media content should look like. So I'm wondering, so where I'm getting with my question is, do you differentiate that big rock content that ends up being searchable on Google or or Apple Podcasts? Do you differentiate those pillars with those pillars? And and the pillars you mentioned are are like perfect for Instagram. I could like visualize my grid in the preview with those four pillars. Do Do you handle them differently or do you think they're one and the same? With your podcast or big, big picture? Yeah, that, that. Exactly. So what I sort of look at it and and it can look quite different depending on what you want to get out of that platform. So for example, for me, you, I have a YouTube channel. That is just my fun pillar. I don't do mm. anything else other than- That's, that's my Instagram. I, I get it. Fun content. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Yeah. You can literally, you can have a platform for only one purpose. And that one purpose could literally be because you want to do it. And I think because you love it, the energy in that content is so so powerful that you become infectious. People become attracted to what you create. So for me, for my podcast, I have a mixture of sort of all of those pillars because, of course, I'm always promoting on my podcast. That's how I, you know, try and monetize a podcast is to bring people leads to my website. I will always engage because I'll ask people questions and I'll have people message me and answer my questions in my Instagram inbox. I have the fun because I do give like a life update at the start of my podcast. I think that's how I build my personal brand up and have people connect with me. And then, of course, the solid pillar of my podcast is to educate. The purpose of that podcast is to, you know, have those actionable tips and tricks that people can utilize in their business. But, of course, with other channels, it might not look like that. For example, with my YouTube, it's just for fun. So I think when you are starting to create a, a bigger platform like a podcast, a blog, or a video, you really need to ask yourself, what is the purpose of this channel? What do I want to get out of this? And then it's easier to implement what pillars am I going to use? Am I just going to do it for fun? Am I just going to, you know, purely educate? That's it. I just want it to be like a bite-sized educational piece, like a like a Neil Patel and Eric Sewell Marketing School podcast, quite bite-sized, very educational. So I think they can be used hand in hand. I, of course, you know, your social media and your blog podcast or video, I always like to think that if, you know, you you don't have the energy to create one of these big three pieces of content, you can utilize, you know, an Instagram TV, Instagram stories. You can do a podcast form on that social channel and still bring in that sort of big piece of content and then repurpose it throughout your social media. 
for me, when I am creating content, I want to make it as easy as possible for myself and my clients. So that's why repurposing is so key. That's why I do, you know, utilize that podcast to create my social content because, you know, we need to work in our business and on our business at the same time. So that's why it's so important to utilize those big pieces of of content. Like I have clients, if they create a podcast, we create a blog, we create their socials and it just naturally progresses, you know, and it's sort of really giving a big picture of say that topic that we we have discussed on the podcast. That makes sense. So actually in that big in that big content, you can actually mix those things together as well as you were saying like within a podcast, <clears throat> you might have some episodes where it includes all four elements of those pillars, right? Yeah. And and I love that comment about well, if you don't if YouTube is just, you know, if that sounds like too much, do IGTV. I have a a friend who's actually writing a book about blogging but not using WordPress as a platform, using Instagram yeah. as a blogging platform, which to me is really, really exciting. Mm. And I think very natural for a lot of people. And we are used to seeing more long form content, longer description on Instagram as well. So I think at the end of it, the most important piece of advice you gave was that you do YouTube videos because that's your fun and you mm-hmm. enjoy doing it. If you don't like doing any of this, it's not going to last. You got to be passionate about whatever you choose to do, right? Yeah, 100%. And that's what I'll always say to my clients. Like, if it like I did YouTube videos for education, I hated it. I just like it was a chore. And that's why people lose consistency because content creation doesn't become fun anymore. And if it's not yeah. fun, then you need to look at what's not fun about it and what you can shift and change. And it's okay if you don't love creating YouTube videos, or if you don't love the idea of a podcast. It's okay. Just find what you love and do it really well. Yeah, no, exactly. That's great advice. So now we have this idea that we're invested in content creation. And it's funny. I have some people who give this negative sort of, oh, you're always on the hamster wheel of content creation. And it is sort of a hamster wheel. With my case, I publish a new blog post every week mm-hmm. and I have, I have a three month pipeline. It, you know, I can, if, if something happened to me, it, it's going to go out every Monday for the next three months. Right. And then I have a podcast. I've yet to do YouTube videos. These are all, I don't repurpose them from channel to channel. The podcast is weekly. The interviews I batch, like we're doing now. My solo episodes, though, are done in real time. And sometimes I, even myself, I don't have enough time. I I want to publish my next podcast on Thursday and it's already Wednesday. And I have an editor who I need to respect her time. So obviously it may not go out till Saturday, but I want to get it out every week, right? Mm-hmm. So my question for you, and I think a lot of people listening are probably nodding. How do you be more consistent with your content creation without it consuming your time? This is like the million dollar question. I want to I want to hear your input on this. Yeah, that's an amazing question because I get that a lot too. They're like, how do you do this, do that, you know, do all of the things? And I think it comes down to being really honest with yourself and not having those really high expectations of, yep, yeah, I'm going to record a podcast episode on a Monday and it's going to be out on a Tuesday and I'm going to do that every week and that's exactly how I'm going to do it. No, life gets in the way and we have to respect our own time. So one thing I will say is repurposing, of course, will be your best friend. You know, obviously, Neil, you have like your blog and your podcast are different and that works and you you batch and that's how you operate with that. But, you know, I, I was doing that for a while and I just thought to myself, I'm creating different topics and I really want to hone in on this this podcast episode in a blog. So that's why I did that repurposing. I think it's like Makes sense. looking at where I can repurpose as much as possible. If you've done uh, a live three months ago, what can you do with that? So, you know, can you have that as a blog? 
can you, I would really be in the habit of every three months reviewing your content and seeing what, you know, what worked really well. Of course I do this weekly, but if you don't have time, try and do it monthly and then do a big review every three months. Because, you know, if you've launched something and you're going to launch it again in three months, keep that content. You can reuse that. But if you are sort of unsure on if I want to create consistent content, how can I continue to do that? I would set yourself a day for content creation and, you know, batch. If it's batching, you know, you do three months ahead. If it's doing a week ahead, whatever works for you. Like I know my days are Monday and I create all my socials for that week. I could do like a whole month ahead if I want to. At the moment, I'm like, I have quite a small team, so I'm just going to do it as I go. But once I start to expand, of course, I'll be looking at, you know, doing it a little bit more ahead of time, especially with, you know, you can edit podcast episodes. Batching interviews, obviously, for your podcast work amazingly because then you get to that week and you're like, oh, I only have to do a little intro and a little outro and we're done. You know, we just piece it all together. So I would really look at sort of one, do I like and I would ask yourself the question, am I a go with the flow or am I a structured person? Because Mm. if you're trying to fight against whatever personality type you are, you will fail. I have, I've tried to be go with the flow my whole life. I am not. I am very structured. I'm very routine. I want to be a digital nomad with a routine. Let's see how this goes. But I, that's who I am. And I've tried to fight against this masculine energy that I have because I'm always go, go, go. I'm like, oh, I need to be more like peaceful and go with the flow. And I'm like, I can't, that is just not in my nature. So I'm just going to play to my strengths. So I'd first ask yourself, which one are you? Because this will determine whether you batch in advance or whether you batch half, I call it semi-batching. That sort of, I do a bit of semi-batching, but it's sort of, you know, creating all of my content for the week on the Monday. And there might be a few days where I just leave it blank because I might see what I feel like you know, maybe a couple of days ahead. I will not do it on the day because sometimes that makes me a little bit too nervous, but I might have hashtags ready to go. I might have, and this is more for your social media content, for your Mm -hmm. podcasts and your blogs, you know, really look at what you're offering in that month, what you've got coming up and even plan the topics for in advance if you can, because that'll help you on the week. If you're, if you're, you know, a go with the flow person, you want to create your podcast in the moment or, you know, a couple of days out, really that's when you can say, okay, well, my topic's done. I literally just have to get on and talk about it. I think the one thing we forget about consistency with content is you know your topic. You know, if someone said to you tomorrow, Neil, go do a talk on social media and influencer marketing, you'd know how to do it. Like, yeah, you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll get up and talk. But you know it off the back of your hand. You know, you'd be able to, you know, wing it. Even if someone said to you tomorrow, go run a triathlon you just do it because you have like you know you can do it and just have that belief in yourself and when we come to creating content like I don't know what to talk about I don't know what to say it's like you know your topic so well and I think every time we get in front of the computer to create the content we freeze up and we're like oh what did I want to say again so I would really get into that habit of you know at least planning what you're going to talk about based on what you're offering maybe in your business what you're going to start promoting I'm always a big believer on if you're going to you know, launch something, launch a product, launch a service, you know, you can create your content sort of around what's coming up. And then just think about what works for you. If you are go with the flow, how can you add a little bit more structure in so you know what you're doing so that at least when you get to it, you're, you're, you've set yourself up for success. If you're super structured, you know, batch if you can, batch your podcast episodes, batch your blogs, set up days in the month to create content and just schedule that time out and hold yourself accountable. I think a lot of the times, 
we'll put something in our calendar and if it's for us, we'll go, oh, we can shift that around. We can change that. That's fine. That's only just working on my business or doing it. No, because this content creation will help you generate, you know, that aligned audience, generate more sales, whatever it is your purpose is. In this online world, the only way we can connect with people is through our content. So you need to prioritize at least whatever works for you. But I would really be inclined to have that honest conversation. If you go with the flow and you want to be structured and you can't listen to what you're what you're telling yourself because otherwise you start to hate it, you won't be consistent and it just won't work for you. Yeah, I think it's a combination of the batching, the repurposing where it makes sense to do. And I, I do repurpose some things, some I, I don't, but where it makes sense. And then I agree 100% with having that dedicated day. So I never had a Calendly link. But after I published my book and and you know appearing on a podcast and just a lot of business activity after coronavirus as well, I created one. But you cannot book time with me on a Friday. Friday is my day, and it's my day for a lot of things. But it's also that content. That's the day where I hope to record these podcasts. And it's already Wednesday, and I haven't yet. But but at least I know that that's the objective. And I know that over time I may get delayed, but the next Friday I have that time to play catch up, right? Hmm. And and I think that's really critical on the day of the week. But I think what's also important is that, you know what, if you miss a podcast for a week, it's not the end of the world. I missed, there were like one or two years where I didn't podcast. There was like six months where I didn't blog. Yeah. It's okay, right? It, it'd be, you know, consistency is good for the algorithm, for your audience. There's always competition. So the minute you're off the radar, they start, you know, listening and following other people. So obviously it's best, but it's not the end of the world. And just remember that everybody mm. stay cool. Yes. <laughs> if some people are like, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do, you know, two Instagram posts a day and three stories. It's like, okay, let's take a chill pill. Let's put it all in, you know, as perspective. So um, I thought that was really great advice though, but it does start with that structure and that mindset yeah. um, and that it's important to your business. And that's why it's, a, I love the, your approach of a business strategy that rather than a marketing strategy, you can't ignore it. So one more question for you before we sort of wrap things up. So we, we've already talked about the pillars and how to do this consistently without taking up too much of your time. I think that, and I talk a lot about this, is what is necessary for digital success today, you need to have the content. But the content without engagement gets you nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just content. So how, so content's 50% engaged. It's like writing a book is 10%, promoting is 90% is what a lot of publishers tell me. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know what the content slash engagement ratio should be but once that content is out there, what actions do you need to take to ensure you get more engagement from it? Yeah, this is a really good question. I think, and when we talk about engagement, you know, I think a lot of us naturally go to, I guess, if you're talking social media, likes, you know, all those sorts of things. And with your podcast, like, you know, the numbers, the views, how many people have listened to it, all of those things. But when it comes to engagement, now this will look differently from different, depending on what your objective is with your content. And that's why you got to get really clear on what you want to get out of this content. Of course, I think the main objection for content should be, obviously, if you're a business owner to get people to your website. If you're an influencer, it might be someone else's website or, you know, whatever it is you're looking to do, or, you know, your blog, your podcast, whatever that objection is. But look at that goal around that content first. And I would, uh, what I always recommend, and I don't think people do enough of it, is look at what the stats are telling you. Look at the behind the scenes. What you really want to go for, of course, if you're thinking of a so like an Instagram, you know, shares and and saves are getting a lot more, you know, they're gonna be a lot more beneficial to you than a like. Obviously, a comment's great because then you can generate kind of you can generate more like activity. 
But to generate more engagement, it's also a social media platform when we're talking socials. So be social on your podcast and your blog. Where can you collaborate with other people so that you can push, you know, your blog or your podcast out there? You know, Neil, when we went live together on Instagram, we were opening ourselves up to my audience and your audience. So always looking at, and you said this perfectly on my podcast, talking about, you know, influencer marketing is also like this, that collaboration. And I think when we're creating content on social media platforms, YouTube channels, blogs, podcasts, we sort of forget to do that engagement ourselves. We want people to engage in our content, but we're not engaging with other people. And it's, it's two-way street, isn't it? It's connection. It's that two-way communication yeah. that I talked about, like in PR. You know, we we can't expect and you can't expect people to really engage in your content and love it if you're not building, like look at your DMs. That's your engagement. If people are, you know, messaging you about something that you mentioned, or, you know, if I get someone that messages me and says, Hey, I listened to your podcast, I really got so much out of it, like that's a that's a measurement for me. Not, you know, like obviously audience will continue to grow and viewers grow when you become consistent. I know a perfect example of a a YouTuber, her name's Erin May Henry, and she just started in 2014, just knowing like, I'll be famous one day, like it'll happen for me. And now like she, she just showed up and she created content and she engaged with her audience. Like she's, you know, built relationships off the platform. And now she has like 130,000 subscribers on her YouTube channel. So like, and she's you know, probably a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's all about, you know, really harnessing on that social part of social media or even with content, it is a very social thing. And as humans, we are designed for connection. So if you throw a post in me and expect me to buy from you, but you're not, I'm messaging you and you're not connecting with me, or I don't have that level of relatability to you, it is going to be really hard for me to connect with what you're trying to say. So that's why it is really important to create the content, obviously share it as much as possible. I'm always, I'm a big believer of if someone messages me about something, you know, how can I say, okay, well, I've got this podcast episode on that. If you'd like to listen, a lot of times we'll answer the question that someone might ask us, but we have a podcast episode on it that we could absolutely share with them and bring them into our audience. So, and then of course, if you write a blog and you think someone would get value of it, like you might mention another blog for SEO purposes, you know, reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, I, I created this blog content. I mentioned you. I thought you'd get a lot of benefit from it. You know, I know Neil Patel's a big, he still does that. And, you know, yeah. he or he has a team that does that. But, you know, they're, they're exactly. those little 1% things. Of course, it does take time, you know, getting into Facebook groups and building up your brand through connecting with others. That's what these platforms are here for. They are here to be social. So, you know, sort of creating the content and then doing that engagement yourself will help you generate more engagement. I know that I've built a beautiful connection in the DMs that now a lot of people are engaging with my content because I spend time chatting to them as well. And guess what? The algorithm favors people that engage with you. So they send you a DM and chances are your next post appears higher in the algorithm. So I just want to share with everybody, this is actually, well, by the time this is recorded, this episode, so this solo episode, right? I talk about the concept of a quarterly analysis which is related around engagement and data around that. So you, you, what you talked about was like a perfect lead-in because, for you know, what does that look like? So in social, so I'm going to do this with Twitter next. I'm starting with my blog. In Twitter, it could be obviously link clicks is, is my key objective. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what are like top performing? What are low performing? And then I have categories of content. So because on my blog, influencer marketing is one category, right? I've written books about LinkedIn. That's another category and so on and so on. So on my blog, neilschafer.com right now, I have 11 categories. 
I have guest bloggers and they have to contribute to X number of pieces over the course of a year. And what's really interesting is I recently got one last night for a category that I have a lot of content. I'm like, why does everyone want to blog about this category? Is it serving my blog well? Because I'm a fan of, it's not a matter of having more content, it's a matter of having the right content, Mm -hmm. right? So this person actually wanted to blog for the category, which I have more, the category, interesting enough, is content marketing. So I have more posts in my content marketing category than any other category. Yet when I look at the average page views, per category for all the blog posts in those category. And I compare the 11 from January 1st to, you know, when we're recording this webinar, uh, excuse me, this podcast, (laughs) that was a brain fart. It actually performs the worst on average. So what this, and I look at everything else, it's like, why aren't I blogging about other things where at least Google is saying that I'm getting better engagement Mm -hmm. and I could probably get more traffic, which leads people into obviously my sphere of influence. So so what, So the action item from that is I immediately updated my website. I'm, I'm no longer taking bloggers that blog about content marketing, right? And not to say that I can't be successful with that, but in my blog, you also have to understand there's competition mm-hmm. everywhere for mm-hmm. all this content. So uh, there's a lot of people that blog about content, but you got the content marketing. And I'm sure this is your, your world. You know this as well. Whereas others might not be as competitive. I might have a better chance. Yeah. So that is one, but now I'm going to do with Twitter. Am I maybe oversharing content around certain categories that maybe I should decrease and share more about other things Mm -hmm. that my followers are? And I'm going to do this with LinkedIn and Facebook and, you know, go all the way around. So this is an example of really putting what you say, Mariah, into practice, because I'm a big fan of everything you said. You're you're a, a breath of fresh air because people just tend to talk about the same things. And I think you have a really, really good perspective with your background and and the success you've had and just really laying out things in, in plain English and, and you know, clear, simple, actionable. So I know my listeners are going to appreciate that perspective as well. I know they're probably going to want to follow your podcast and check out your, your, uh, your website and maybe even hire you. So can you uh, tell my listeners, where can they go to find out more about you? Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I do love that you're checking all of your your stats and everything because I'm a big I'm a big lover of Google Analytics. So yeah, definitely thank you so much for having me. But yeah, anyone can find me by connect with me on Instagram at contentqueen underscore Mariah. My website is www.contentqueenmariah.com. And of course, my podcast is Life as a Freelance Writer on iTunes, Spotify, and most of all the other uh, podcasting platforms. So yeah, thanks so much for having me. I loved chatting. Yeah, me too. And uh, I'll put those, obviously, the links will go in the show notes. And it's Contagate Mariah, M-A-R-I-A-H, Mariah Carey. Hope <laughs> so. Maybe I just aged myself there. But yeah. anyway, um, <laughs> well, Mariah, thank you uh, again so much for being on. Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to uh, say as sort of a last, uh, a final word on the subject of content marketing? I think for me, when it comes to content creation, you really do have to love it. And I know And if you don't love it as much right now, find a way to love it because it is so powerful and you have the ability, like we've never had this chance to reach this many people ever. Think about, you know, 30, 20, 30 years ago, like trying to build a business, you know, just from a physical store or whatever that looks like. Now you you can tap in and, you know, work with people all over the world. And that's just so special. And I think we take it for granted. So, you know, there's a lot of power. If you have 30 people viewing your IGTV or your podcast, that's 30 people. That's like a classroom. So just remember that when you are creating content, start small and just, and continue to grow from there. And remember, for those that read The Age of Influence, the 99-1 rule, you now become the top 1%, the 1% of internet users are actually creating content. There's huge power 
Absolutely. in beating that 1%. So thank that. you so much, Mariah. Always love catching up. We'll have to catch up again soon. Yeah. I'd love to be able to say that I'm going to be in Australia someday. I've never been, but if I ever get to Melbourne, you'll be the first person that I, that I look up yes. uh, or maybe we'll meet at a marketing conference in 2021. Uh, hopefully we're I done with the pandemic. So. so best of luck with everything and we'll keep in touch. Thanks, Neil. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mariah. She brought a lot of real refreshing ideas about content that I hope you uh, found some great takeaways, some great actionable takeaways that you can get started working on now before the end of this year. As always, I want to personally thank you for listening to this podcast. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there, and I am always grateful when I look at the rankings updates of Apple Podcasts of how many countries around the world that this podcast ranks as not just a number in the top 200 of marketing podcasts, but even in the top 100 of marketing podcasts. So thank you so much. Every time you write a review, it means the world to me. If you could just take a, a minute to write a sentence or two to let me know what episodes you liked, what content resonated with you, maybe even what content you'd like me to talk more about, I would really appreciate that. And if you haven't, make sure you hit the subscribe button. There's always a lot of interviews a lot of episodes in the pipeline that you'll make sure you do not want to miss. All right, everybody. Well, until next time, make it a great virtual social day. Bye-bye, everybody, and sayonara. Sayonara.